0: This episode of Movers, Shakers, and History Makers is brought to you by Ace Beer Growlers, your one-stop shop for beer, wine, Traeger grills, and all your grilling and smoking essentials. Mention promo code PODCAST and get 10% off any item in the store. You can visit them at their location on West Court Square in downtown Noonan, directly next to the gym. Hey there, and welcome back to Movers, Shakers, and History Makers, a show dedicated to all things interesting happening in your neck of the woods, especially if your neck of the woods consists of living in Coweta County. It's a place for showcasing stories and newsmakers from the past and present. I'm your host, Clay Neely. And in this episode, we turn our eyes to the upcoming race for Sheriff of Coweta County. With Sheriff Mike Yeager taking on a new role as marshal, a special election for a new sheriff seems very likely in the early summer. Now, in preparation for the race, I'll be conducting interviews with each of the five candidates currently seeking the office of sheriff. And in this episode, we'll be talking to one of those five candidates, Jimmy Calloway. Callaway is a 10-year resident of Sanoy and is the current police chief of the Morrow Police Department. He's been in law enforcement for over 20 years. And in this episode, Callaway talks about the future of law enforcement in Coweta County and his goals if elected sheriff. Now, this was the first time I had ever spoken with him, and I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with him in person with this podcast. We really learned a lot about the man, and I hope you will, too. So without any further ado, here it is. It's our interview with Jimmy Calloway. Well, thank you again for for coming. I really appreciate it, especially getting a chance to meet you face-to-face. Absolutely. And uh, I guess the first thing I'd like to do is just kind of tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, just to kind of give people a background. I know you're from Sinoy and mm-hmm. but yeah, fill us in. Absolutely. Yeah. Well,
1: my name's James Calloway, but I go by Jimmy. Uh, so that's why you see the quotations, Jimmy Calloway for sheriff. Um, I was born in Decatur. Uh, My dad was a battalion chief for the DeKalb County Fire Department. Uh, He's since passed away, but he was always a little bit disappointed that I went to law enforcement instead of fire service. But I I have a deep respect and deep love for the fire service just because I grew up in a fire station. I played in a fire station. I played on fire trucks uh, my whole childhood growing up. Uh, So I have a very fond memory of the fire service for that reason. Yeah. Um, We moved out to Conyers, to Rockdale County, uh, when I was in elementary school, uh, and I I pretty much grew up in Conyers, in Rockdale. Um, Got a job with the Rockdale County Sheriff's Office a little bit after college. I didn't complete college at first. I dropped out and got married first, and uh, my wife knew that I wanted to be a, a cop, so... About six months after we were married, I got a job with the Rockdale County Sheriff's Office, and I worked there for over a decade. Um, while there, I worked in the jail, um, worked the court services. I worked patrol, night shift, evening watch, day shift. Um, I was a D.A.R.E. instructor in the school system. I was a great instructor, which is gang resistance education. I became a gang expert while I was at Rockdale County. Um, I was tapped by the United States Department of Justice to do a gang summit in 2003 in Atlanta, uh, was a speaker for that event. And we saw an increase in crime in Rockdale that was bleeding in from DeKalb. Um, I-20 runs through Rockdale County uh, and Decab is right next door so and Gwinnett's was to our north side so I would see telltale signs of gang activity in the county I would see the tagging I was a young deputy so I had visions of grandeur that I wanted to save the world and I would go out and take pictures and it was old school technology I had a Polaroid yeah so I had a three-ring binder I would take pictures of suspects in the jail take pictures of suspects that I can't count on the street developed a very uh, elementary intel on these people and on what kind of gangs that were coming to the county um and my enthusiasm was not met by some of the people above me uh and and they kind of wanted to smack me down and say this is not really happening here this is not an issue for us um and i got real disheartened with that i really did uh so after working at the sheriff's office being vested working there for over a year i, I wanted to work at the sheriff's office my whole career yeah. I, I planned to retire from there uh, i had an opportunity to go to the city of morrow mm-hmm. And an opportunity arose, and I took it, and I, I left Rockdale and went to the City of Morrow Police Department. That was after a short stint at MARTA Police. I did work for about six months at MARTA. Oh, wow. Um, I realized real quick that that's not what I was cracked up to be. Um, sure. I'm a street cop, but I'm not a train cop, so yes. I realized pretty quick where I needed to be. Absolutely. So I um, went to the City of Morrow and uh, was a detective, and I got to work gangs in Clayton County. Perfect. So I was able to do that. I was actually the commander for the Sheriff's Vice Task Force in Clayton County. Uh, We took down a lot of counterfeit uh, operations that were going on in the county, prostitution details Mm -hmm. in the county. Uh, We shut down every illegal spa that was in the county in one day. That was a huge undertaking. Uh, There was about 15, I think, we took down that one day, and we used over 150 officers from Immigration Customs Enforcement. Uh, We also took a a two-tier approach. We knew that we were going to have victims of human trafficking, so we also called tapestry which is a a trafficking organization that rescues these women. Uh, So we were able to go in, not with the thought of arresting these women for prostitution, but with the thought of rescuing them out of that lifestyle and going after the owners. And also, we seized everything. We seized everything from their furniture to the buildings. We had tractor trailers full of stuff. And they never reopened again in Clayton County. And to this day, they're still gone from Clayton County. So I'm very proud for that operation. Absolutely. So that was back. That was back in. I want to say two thousand six, two thousand seven. Um, worked my way up in de- 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 uh, detective ranks and uh, uh, became a sergeant. Uh, then I became a lieutenant, and I was a lieutenant for a while in investigations. Worked anything from bank robberies to fraud. Yeah. Um, then I became a captain over the division over investigations. Um, During the same time, I was very involved with the Georgia Association of Chiefs of Police uh, as an associate member, and also I was involved very heavily with the Georgia Gang Investigators Association. I was involved as a member back in Rockdale when I was a young deputy. I've been involved in that organization for going on 16 years now, and right now I'm the president of that organization. Uh, We have about 1,500 members statewide. We train local, state, and federal authorities on gangs. We also train prosecutors on gangs. We'll go into schools and, and do seminars with teachers. We actually did one here in Coweta County several years ago. Okay. for the teachers here in this county. And we also did a week-long seminar here in the county for law enforcement in Coweta mm-hmm. County. Uh, so I'm very pleased about our association and yeah. the services that we provide throughout the state.
0: Did you get any feedback from teachers while you were down here?
1: It was eye-opening, really, because once you are shown certain things, certain indicators mm-hmm. uh, of gang activity, it's almost it, it's a cultural thing to a degree. But when you see popular music and you can pull actual gang connotations out of popular music where you might have a kid that's just listening to it. He doesn't know, or a parent doesn't know what to, to recognize. They're just allowing their children to listen to what they think is cool. But when you can actually put your finger on it and point out signs, characteristics, and symbols yeah. and show them that's, you know, relative of the blood nation or the folk nation, or this is gangster disciple, or this is ghost gangsters or whatever the case may be. When you can show them documented, proof per se uh of what a gang looks like and these are signs and characteristics eye opening mm-hmm. uh i learned that as an sro i was a school resource officer for a number of years after the heritage high school shooting in 1999 i was a first responder to that school oh, wow. so uh, as i was route to that school um Pulled up in the parking lot. We were pulling kids that had been shot out of that school to safety. And they had already had the shooter in custody. The principal, or the vice principal, Cecil Bailey, actually was able to talk the gun away from the kid. And no force was used to make the arrest. And he was taken into custody. But ever since that event, I became very attuned to school safety. Uh, And the sheriff at the time made some more positions available for SROs, Mm -hmm. uh, just like we're seeing today. Yeah. uh, In the middle schools. We only had them in the high schools when I was a road deputy and the opportunity came for me to be an SRO in a middle school. And I talked to my wife about it and I was like, you know, this is a good opportunity, but I'm I'm going to miss the street. You know, I like working the street. That's where my passion is. Um, There's really kind of two theories in law enforcement. One's the warrior theory. Mm -hmm. The other one is the guardian theory. Uh, I kind of lean more towards the warrior theory in in a sense. I understand the guardian theory too, Um, but there's got to be a good mix of both.
0: And you need that for SRO. I mean, Mm -hmm. because I think someone said in the past that a lot of agencies might take problematic officers off the road and say, we'll just put them in the schools. Well, that's, I mean, and that's not a great idea, obviously. I mean, you've got to have a certain kind of temperament to work. I mean, I think that's what you're talking about is the perfect mix of warrior and guardian, it sounds like.
1: You're correct. And actually, you know, we can talk about that problem, officer. Hopefully... Our managers and our front-level supervisors are better attuned, using an early warning system, to identify problem officers and deputies, and deal with them through with the EAP beforehand, before they have to mm-hmm. put them out to the pasture, right. or you know, transfer them to the jail, or transfer them to where they're out of their hair. And a lot of times, they put them on a task force somewhere to where they're just they're gone; they don't out of have side, to see out them exactly. Right. Sure. Okay. But I talked to my wife. I said, it's going to be a big change for us because." Um, you know, I'm going to be working Monday through Friday, which is nice. Uh, I'll be home on Christmas and holidays. So uh, I went with the understanding of the sheriff that I would be able to work the street on occasion and work high crime areas. So whenever the summers came around, I didn't take off the summers. No. I, cu- I couldn't do it. Um, that's just not. I mean, I took vacations, obviously, but uh, I wanted to be in the trailer park that we had in the county. It was a 4,000-trailer trailer park. that had 10,000 residents in this one area, and we had a precinct. So I was assigned to that precinct working the trailer park. Uh, and in some areas, it was high crime. Yeah but we really did a lot to those citizens uh, there's good people that, that live there and they're all they want is a safe place to raise their family raise their children to not be victims of crime uh, so i was very happy to uh, to be able to serve in that role uh, and also continue with some gang intelligence worked some uh, areas that were higher crime in other areas of the county too so i could float around the county and not be assigned to a zone uh, so i really did enjoy that And I was able to go to conferences and things like that. Uh, But being an SRO, I learned a lot. I learned how to deal with people, learned how to talk to people. And actually being a middle school SRO is a lot more difficult than being a high school SRO. Oh, yeah. Um, So I worked at the middle school for several years. Uh, They became family. It it really was a a really good experience. And at the time, it was during the whole cops era when, when Clinton pushed out hundred thousand more cops right. and also pushed out the big cops grants and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that's all well and good. Um, but I saw a flaw in that. And the flaw is we started seeing departments. I'm not saying my department or the department here in Coweta, I'm saying nationwide. There were departments that were specializing in units. They were calling them cops units mm-hmm. or community oriented policing units right. or problem solving units. And they would assign just a couple of people or a handful of people to these cops units. So, I saw a disconnect. And the disconnect that I saw is the cops officers, they would go to all the neighborhood watch programs, all the church meetings, uh, do all the, that kind of touchy feely kind yeah. of stuff, and they never would work the street. And they, they would forget over time what the streets were, and they would lose that skill set. You, you have to practice oh, it or, or you'll sure. lose it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and they were not saying they were lazy, but they were falling along the wayside, learning how to uh, be real cops. And then on the flip side of that coin, I saw the street cops that were not able or didn't go to those meetings, and they weren't engaged in the community. So they're out here answering all these hot calls and not having to do the other side of the, the coin. Right. So the better solution to that, and this is my philosophy where I'm the chief at now, is it's a community-oriented policing department from the head of the agency all the way down to the uh, – Whoever, you know, all the way down the road patrol. Um, And you should have a deputy or an officer that can be aggressive on crime, that can be a warrior against that, but also be a guardian and go into that business, go into that convenience store, know the owner's name, sit there, talk with them, chat with them. How's it going today? And, And be polite and be friendly and engaging. That's how you build legitimacy and procedural justice within a community. The, where I'm a chief, it's a very diverse area. Yeah. I've had to learn, and I don't know how to learn. It's my nature because uh, I grew up in an integrated church my whole life. I, I've never known anything else but integration sure. in in my relationships and in church and things like that. So that's a little bit weird to me. But being the chief in a, in a diverse area has really given me a very keen eye for how to make that work? Uh, Morrow is very diverse. We have a twenty three percent Asian population. Uh, there's different things and different cultural things that go along with that. So those things that we teach to our officers and, and how to respond effectively, to that, and how to build that trust in the community so they can talk to us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, with with all that in, in your in your background, when when did the the genesis of the idea to maybe try to pursue something here locally happen?
1: Well, I've been actually. Ever since, like I said, I was at Rockdale County. Yeah, Uh, I was a a deputy sheriff. My buddy's the sheriff over there now. I have always had a a, kind of a burning within myself to be a sheriff one day. Yeah, I definitely want to be a police chief. You know, that's the kind of the end all to be all to get to the top of your game. Sure. Um, So I've been preparing myself for a time such as this my whole life. Uh, I went ahead and finished my degree. I have associate's degree. I have a bachelor's degree. I'm halfway through a master's degree. I have advanced training from Mercer University for public safety leadership. Uh, FBI training through law know, enforcement yeah. executive development. Also, University of Louisville. I'm a graduate of their Southern Police Institute, uh, which is a very esteemed program. It's a four-month-long in-house program. Yeah. Um, learned a whole lot through University of Louisville. I believe education is key and important. That's not the end-all to be-all. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Street uh, knowledge is important, too, and, and the knowledge of the job is yeah. important as well, too. But in this day and age when you look at organizations when you look at business when you look at you know to be a lawyer you have to go to law school you have to pass the bar sure to be a judge you have to be a lawyer uh, most best practices in metro Atlanta to be a police chief you have to have a college degree uh, it's not the same with a sheriff I get that and I'm saying having a college degree makes you better than anybody else but what I am saying uh, it does give you a good outlook on life and a very good perspective overall about how things run yeah um, and i believe I, I bring that to the table and i don't think
0: anyone ever argues against any continued education especially in law enforcement and stuff like that i mean Correct.
1: more is more
0: i mean what you're adding to your and there's actually data. studies
1: that show that college educated officers have less use of force incidents okay and a lot of that could be because of deconfliction uh, again i'm not saying that education is the end all to be oh, all right. you have to have a college degree to be a cop uh, but i do think it's uh, something that needs to be looked at and it's important
0: okay well, one thing I was going to ask you is what do you like about the sheriff's office presently, but what changes would you like to see both short-term and long-term?
1: Sure. Um, the sheriff is doing an excellent job. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything bad about the sheriff. Never had, never will. Uh, what I will say is I, I have, as a third-party resident of the county and, and a law enforcement official myself, right. I have seen that they are progressive for, for a sheriff's office. Mm. Um A lot of times when you get out into Middle Georgia, South Georgia, North Georgia, it's not the case. The pay is very low. Um, The qualifications or the vetting processes are not there. Mm -hmm. Um, I can tell here that they do have a push for technology. They have the computers in their cars. They have the printers in the cars. They were one of the first in the state. Uh, to roll out body cams. Right. I rolled them out soon after that, right. but they were the, one of the first to do that. I was the first to get licensed by the FAA to fly drones as close to the airport, uh, but I also know that they have drones here uh, as well too because I actually came down and volunteered during the uh, uh, Antifa rallies and flew our drone right. to help out down here, which was a pleasure to be able to do since I'm a resident. Yeah. Um, but you know, right now I see that they're, they're very, uh, and the man tracker training is very high in training too. So all those things I would definitely compliment their organization on uh the deputies look professional which is a huge thing in my mind their uniform appearance you know i'm we're going to load bearing vests and outer carriers and stuff at our Mm -hmm. department Uh, they're probably going to go to that here too that's something that i would do Uh, that's a little bit different but they look professional uh when they wear their ties and they have their their long sleeve shirts on Uh, i do like the old school campaign hats i'm a big fan of the campaign hat Um, i'm not saying that i would make them wear it all the time but i do like them
0: (laughs) That was one of them for sure, was uh, with there being a curtain trend in agencies to switching to more comfortable uniforms like external vests or load-bearing duty vests, allowing facial hair, would you possibly see any kind of change in the deputy's appearance and that sort of dress code or whatever kind of protocol that would be?
1: Well, I will say the load-bearing vests, yes, I'm good with, but they need to be uniform and they need to look good. The facial hair, <coughs> sorry, I'm getting over cold. <coughs> No. The load-bearing vests, um, like I said, are cool. But the facial hair, I'm gonna have to be sold on it to be honest with you, because sure. I'm a traditionalist. Um, I like facial hair, but I don't have it when I wear a uniform. Yeah. But I can be swayed. Tattoos, I'm cool with. Yeah. Um, you can be sleeved up as long as they're appropriate. I'm fine. Yeah.
0: Right on. All right. Uh, and here, here was another one I thought was a, a good question in terms of. Invariably, the the sheriff is the public relations officer of of the department. You know I mean? It kind of, the bucks kind of stops with him. How would you kind of handle the pressure of giving like a politically correct mainstream cookie cutter answer versus telling the media and public information that answers they might not want to hear?
1: I have no problem with that. Just look at my record. I mean, (laughs) I'm not politically correct. Um, I've Google me and you could pull up news stories from all different media outlets in Atlanta where I give interviews. I have no issue at all uh, telling people just how it is. Yeah,
0: that's, that's great. Um, and from an employee standard, work gets done much more efficiently if the expectations are tempered. By the time they get to you know that person, one likes to work for a boss who's not afraid to put the gloves on, if need be. Sounds like
1: You're, you'll see me out there, there on the go. street. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if there's a if there's a crash, you know, a bad crash in town, uh, you'll you'll see me at it. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll direct traffic if I need to direct traffic. I do that where I work now.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, one thing some people have, have already talked about, because I think, I don't know if it was you who said it or maybe mm-hmm. someone else, uh, where we need to be with the jail in five to ten <clears throat> years. What what are your thoughts on it right now? <clears throat> There's different conflicting schools of thought on it.
1: Well, you know, without having intimate knowledge, uh, I'll first tell you, I've never been inside the jail here. Okay. I, I've been inside jails all over the state of Georgia. I've not been inside that one. Okay. So with specificity, I really can't comment too much to that degree, but I will say this. It goes not only for jail operations, but it goes for patrol operations and investigative operations across the board, civil warrants, everything. We have to have a 3, 5, 10, 15-year plan as we grow. This county is larger than Gwinnett County. Right. And people are sick and tired of the north side. They're going to start—this is kind of the best-kept secret. We're kind of yeah. under a rock down here. We love it. Don't come down here. <clears throat> but that's going to change. Right. As people realize this is a jewel down here, uh, we've got to protect this jewel, and we've got to put more— into planning and seeing how zones are set up how response times are set up uh how the jail operates uh you know what could be done but i'm all about process improvement um six sigma guy if it can be improved through processes um and things and waste eliminated Mm -hmm. let's go that route yeah i really wondered years ago when they uh, when i first moved here why there wasn't a jail at the courthouse And I don't know if there is room to build one in the future there through SPLOST or whatever. Mm. But eventually there's going to have to be something done, obviously. More jail space, more bed space. Because as we grow as a community, uh, we're already at 140-something thousand residents in the county now. You know, 10, 20 years down the road, where are we going to be? Are we going to be 300,000, 400,000? Are we going to look like the next Cobb or Gwinnett County? Uh, Potentially so. And I guarantee you if the sheriff's office, whoever the next sheriff is, if we don't grow at a pace that's, that's uh, at where it needs to be, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you're going to see the citizens not happy with that. And you're going to see a county commission that's forced with the idea of a county police department. How do you think Cobb County had a police department? Now, Gwinnett County has a police department. Henry County has a police department. Gabb mm-hmm. County has a police department. Clayton County has a police department. So if we get sucked into that metro, look at Fulton. Yeah, Fulton County. There is hardly any area in the county that's not covered by city there's a small area on Fulton Industrial Boulevard that's now Fulton County PD now you have the city of South Fulton at the north end of the county you have Milton Johns Creek all that up there so again we have to plan we have to provide those services and the service delivery and when I'm the sheriff is, is going to exceed expectations
0: yeah and we're going to take a quick break to bring you a quick word from our sponsor hey folks. Ace Beer Growlers is Cowita's most extensive dealer for Traeger Woodfire grills. Now, if you'd rather spend more of your free time with your family instead of over the grill, you gotta take advantage of that wood fire technology from Traeger today. It's as easy as set it and forget it. So be sure to mention promo code Podcast and get ten percent off any item in the store. And now back to our podcast. I think you talked about that too with, with the growth that is inevitably coming. Uh, I think it 's safe to say that the sheriff 's office in the past has been relatively proactive rather than reactive sure um, how How would you kind of expand on that i mean you you 've seen the growth of places like Winnet and mm-hmm. all that. What do you see kind of in i guess with that three five fifteen kind of mentality what do you see coming in down here
1: sure i you know i see I see a lot of young professionals your are millennials mm-hmm. um, people are sick of the traffic coming from the north side and in the north side area um, you know we're touted as being you know one of the fastest growing counties around and it's going to continue uh, to be that way Um, but with that with the affluency that you have in particular in some of the areas around Sonoy that that's going to wind up becoming known to the criminal element they're going to know where the money is and they're going to know where the targets are so it's up to law enforcement In general, Mm -hmm. higher visibility, extremely proactive. Um, Policing is very effective. Uh, High high visibility on I-85 corridor. Um, I'd like to start a a drug uh, interdiction unit for the interstate specifically. Right. I would also like to start a motors unit. So the deputies will be on motorcycles, not all of them, just, yeah. just a few. And, I mean, have you ever tried to drive anywhere in Noonan at 4 or 5 o'clock? <laughs> you can't get around town. Yeah. So the motor units will obviously be able to get around town.
0: That's it. I, and that was another one that they were going to touch on were uh, any specialized units like DUI task force, intensified traffic units, sure, things yeah, like that. Sure,
1: exactly. Um, you know, and I, I have to get with the state patrol commander because I understand that funding for the trooper post here in Noonan is contingent upon how many crashes they work. I get that. So they they put troopers in areas based on those numbers. Mm. The numbers here in Coweta have gone up exponentially. And I don't know if you've ever rolled up on a crash, but to roll up on a crash and, and deal with somebody dying in front of you is is terrible. Yeah. Uh, dealing with that on a personal level, uh, so I'd offer the deputies any kind of assistance they would need to cope with those kind of things through employee assistance or employee betterment programs. Sure. But the, the crashes specifically, we would dial down on the contributing factors of those crashes and do the enforcement effectively against those contributing factors, which most of the time is speed or reckless driving or distracted driving. Sure. So we would focus those areas around the county, and I would I would use a traffic unit, and I would send several deputies to advanced training to to go um, through reconstruction, on scene traffic investigations, so we could provide the service because we're a full service sheriff's office yeah. that we could work the crashes ourselves and provide that service to our citizens. Very cool, uh, but also you know not throwing GSP out the window. But they could work in conjunction with us, or we could share. They could work some. We could work some. Uh, I'm not going to kick GSP out of the county. They by would not any complain at
0: all. I mean, the way they are currently and have been. But the minor crashes,
1: the minor crashes that are fender benders or things like that. Yeah. Uh, deputies, you know, know, if I'm there, I'll work it. I mean, they, yeah. they can do it in two minutes. It's sure. It's simple. Right. It's very simple.
0: Okay. Well, uh, historically in Coweta County, uh, sheriff's office, police department, both. Chief police, sheriff, get along great, that sort of thing. Can you talk about your relationship in in Morrow and as between sheriff and yourself?
1: Sure. Um, I work very well with the sheriff in Clayton County. I know he's a controversial subject. um, But what I will say about the sheriff is any time I've picked up that phone and I've needed any assistance, be it canine, be it SWAT. And we've used our SWAT team several times. Um, It was kind of funny. So I called the sheriff. I said, sheriff, I said, I need your SWAT team. We have identified the bank robbery suspect from our bank. They're just outside the city limits. I don't have a SWAT team. Can you please meet up and help? Mm -hmm. I've got search warrants and arrest warrants already done up. Within 30 minutes, I had roughly 50 deputy sheriffs in my back parking lot with armored personnel carriers, with canine units, unmarked cars, all geared up, ready to go SWAT. In in Clayton's a little bit different. They're almost full time SWAT between okay. the county PD and the SO. They're they're full time, and I get along great with Clayton County Police Department and with the SO. Um, but like I said, pick up the phone. I got exactly what I needed. We made the arrest. Nobody got hurt. Bad guy went to jail. Very good stuff. The other day we had some issues with some traffic lights in the city. I don't know if you've ever been on Highway 54 in Jonesboro Road by yeah. Southlake Mall. I, yeah, traffic is crazy. Yeah. Um. So the lights were out. I had. One guy that we had to send to College Park to pick up an inmate, and we had one guy on a call. I had my supervisor and had a couple other guys that were in the city. I called the sheriff. and said, Sheriff, I'm hurting here. Can you send me a couple deputies? Within 15 minutes, I had two deputies there. They were helping us direct traffic. Um, sometimes at Southern Regional Hospital, if we make an arrest, right. we have to sit on that inmate. You know, Sometimes I'll make a phone call and say, Sheriff, uh, I've got state warrants on this guy. Can you send a deputy to, to sit on him? I don't do that very often, yeah. but um, occasionally when we have to do it, I've never had any issue. And I can tell you here in this county... Once I'm the sheriff, I will definitely – I've already worked with Buster for years, uh, and I know him very well, from helping him with the state certification program to get state certified. They recently yeah. a- t- attained their state certification. Yeah. I'm a state certification assessor. I go around the state and assess police departments. But I didn't assess their police department. I just helped them through their mocks and their, their yeah. on-site stuff to help them out with that. But I'll, same thing for Sonoy PD. Um they are state certified i want to help them as well too but i can tell you any all the cities in the county i will gladly deputize their entire police departments and on top of that areas like turin and sharpsburg that are they don't have their own police departments uh, i will get with those city councils and those mayors and discuss law enforcement operations but on top of that i want to start an inmate work crew that there's some confusion because people in the county they see inmates working on the side of the road they just assume they're Jail inmates. Well, they're state convicted felons. They're from the county prison. Right. That's unique to this county. Now, I used to work in Rockdale, like I said before. I actually ran an inmate detail, a work crew. We, they wore the uh, prep chain gang, black and white stripes. Yeah. We'd get up in the morning, we'd pack our, all of our lunches, put it on the van. We had a trailer with a porta potty bolted to the trailer itself so we didn't have to take bathroom breaks. We took them out through the county picking up trash all day long. Um, and we would do that for the cities. We'd go into the cities and pick up trash and all, cut the right-of-way, cut the city right, yeah. property for them. Because I believe a lot of the cities that are unincorporated actually pay contracted fees to landscape companies to come out and actually do that. And I could do it free of charge. Right. Yeah. So that would be a service I would provide to the unincorporated. They're paying county taxes anyway. Right. Of course. So why not?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's that's been a source of contention for a while. I think uh, that comes up generally in the summer. They'll say, "Some, you know, we've been contracted to do this, but nothing's I will say done. this:
1: <clears throat> this is coming from a citizen's point of view. This past year was horrible. Okay, and I know it's probably been in the news. Sure. When you drive from Peachtree City, you know when you hit the Coweta County line because the grass is twelve feet tall, and there is trash everywhere. Right. Um, and that's just not what our community needs to be like. Right. It needs to be the flip. When when you cross over to Coweta be like, this is nice. You, I don't think I'm in Coweta County now. Right. So that's what I would bring to the table, too. And some people are like, well, how are you going to pay for it? I'll worry about that when the time comes. But there's there's ways, <laughs> Always. trust me, to fund things like that. Sure. Okay.
0: Um, well, speaking from an employee, uh, they typically work at the pleasure of the sheriff. Correct. Uh, what would kind of be the, the basis in determining kind of who stays and who goes? I mean, how long is that kind of assessment period when you come into an agency that, you know, it, it, you haven't really worked for in the past? It's mm-hmm. a lot to kind of take in at, at
1: once. I get it? that. Yeah. And, and it, again, look at my track record when I became chief. Uh, I've heard time and time again, oh, he's going to come in here and bring in all his boys. He's going to come in here and turn the place upside down. He's going to come in here and change everything. Guys, no, I'm not. I said, I'm going to give this – What I feel is my calling to be the sheriff and to uh, train you guys and to mentor, hopefully, you guys where you need to be. If you're working in a division you don't want to be in, let's sit down and talk about it and get you trained where you need to be. Um, Again, you know, the other two candidates that currently work at the sheriff's office, if I get elected sheriff... They're more than welcome to stay on board. Right. I'm not going to come in and fire people. It's just a ridiculous notion. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I want to quote those fears. <clears throat> yeah. I think, I mean, because after. and you know, the sheriffs are notorious for doing that. Yeah. And and I, all over the country.
0: I, right. And I think after especially a 25-year period of, of steady one-person leadership, right. there's going to be apprehension like, gosh. like
1: Change is never comfortable. Right. Change is uncomfortable. Uh, but I will tell you this. It'll work its way out. And what I mean by that is if people don't like policies, if people don't like um, accountability, if people don't like um, the expectations yeah. that are going to be set forth clearly, then they'll work their way out. They won't They won't want to work for me. Yeah. And the ones that stay will want to work for me.
0: Very cool. So, All right. Um, and then, I mean, basically... What, I guess the best one, and in a very roundabout way, is this what kind of separates you currently from the other candidates? Kind of what do you bring to the table that's exclusive to you alone?
1: Sure. And again, I, I got into this, and I'm going to continue like, like this. I'm not ever going to talk bad about any of the candidates, period. Yeah. I'm going to talk about Jimmy Calloway and what Jimmy Calloway can bring to the table. Uh, I'm a law enforcement professional. I've been doing this for 23, 24 years now. Uh, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Amy. Uh, we've been married the whole time, and we've got three daughters. I've got two adult daughters and one daughter that's still uh, in East Coweta Middle School. And I hear this whole thing, well, you ain't from around here. Well, a lot of people ain't from around here, but <laughs> I've been here for over a decade. Right. Uh, my wife is a banker at a local bank here in town in, in, in the city limits of Newton. Uh, my children, two of them graduated from East Coweta High School. Uh, I'm a drummer at Trinity Fellowship Church. I played at South Metro Church. Um, I'm very involved uh, with my church currently, uh with music. Music's my one of my passions. Yeah. Um so the whole notion of I'm not from around here uh, is a little bit silly in my mind. Yeah. Um we love it here. Uh, I've I bought a home here. I bought a home in duna first, then we moved to sonoy Uh but we frequent local businesses whenever yeah. we can. Um so I wanna put all that kind of sure to to, to 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 bed, really. Um but get people to know who I am. So I I have executive experience. I've run a Metro Atlanta police department. I currently run a Metro Atlanta police department. And the good thing about this whole deal on June 19th, if Jimmy Calloway does not win this election, Jimmy Calloway is still the chief of police in Morrow. Yeah. Okay. I wish it would go the other way. And I'm praying that it is going to go the way That's that true. I want it to go. So that in and of itself is good. So I have the executive level experience. Um, The District 10 representative for Georgia Association of Chiefs of Police. We train police chiefs all over the district, which this is actually District 10 in Coweta. So uh, Buster Meadows comes to a lot of our training uh, events that we do. Um, I'm very well networked throughout the state. I've been working with uh, uh, Chris Carr, who's the attorney general. I've been working with his gang network, uh, which is a statewide endeavor. Uh, I believe um, the professional aspects and my well-roundedness, because I come from a sheriff's background, like I said. I have experience in the jail. I have experience working warrants. I have experience doing civil, have experience doing court services. I was an SRO. I was a DARE instructor in the school system. I was a road patrol deputy. I worked every facet of the sheriff's office that there was. Also have the municipal police experience in a city police department, working investigations, working vice and narcotics, working undercover uh, and ultimately becoming a CEO of an organization Mm -hmm. in Metro Atlanta. So distinctly, uh, I think uh, a lot of in my education, uh, I think that sets me apart from, from anybody else. Very cool.
0: And, uh, just out of the left field, I guess, I mean, you're a drummer. I'm a drummer. Yeah. How long have you been playing? My whole life. Yeah. Well, since I was 10. What you get? What, what inspired you? So anyone, anyone specifically?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to tell on myself and some people probably aren't going to like this, but that's okay. So <clears throat> I said before, I grew up in an integrated church. Yeah. So my dad was a blues man. So my dad played blues and my dad was integral in a lot of the Auburn Street blues stuff in downtown wow. Atlanta. But a long time ago, he was in a band called The Night Shadows. So I grew up in a very diverse musically environment. Uh, a lot of my dad's friends were African-American musicians. So I got I learned how to play black gospel at an early age. Uh, so that kind of mixed with hard rock and heavy metal sure. later for me. So I was able to kind of mix genres and yeah. play a little bit different style of music so i started actually i can remember in my bedroom my dad bought me my first drum set i was 10 years old huey lewis in the news it's hip to be square yeah so that song i played it over and over and over again never had any lessons Uh, and i started playing more more in churches and i kind of refused to do the whole club scene because it's just not what i wanted to do yeah i felt it was more of a calling for me to be in ministry uh, than anything else. so Better hours. That's Better sure. hours, yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> Four o'clock loadout. I yeah. didn't want to do that. Oh, no, thanks. So that was a lot for me uh, playing, and we was in a, I was in a band. We were actually signed uh, to a label, and we had Best Buy distribution uh, for the band that I was in. And then it came to a crossroads where really I was like, I was 19 or 20 at the time. I got married when I was 21. So it got to the point where I was either going to put all my energy into being a full-time musician, or I was going to be a police officer. And I always wanted to be a police officer. I was an explorer yeah. when I was in high school with Conyers okay. Police. Uh, and that's another thing, too. I like to bring an explorer's post here to this county to, to mentor young kids mm-hmm. uh, just so they could see the sheriff's office yeah. firsthand through a, a long program. But, you know, when we got into the music and and doing things like that, you know, the money sometimes would be okay. But then sometimes they were like, well, we'll feed you dinner. And that's all you'd get. Yeah. So I learned pretty quick from talking to other actually pretty high level musicians that were assigned to deals and touring. They, it's not all it cracked up to be. They weren't making the money I thought they were making. Uh, And they shared that with me. So I went down the road that had the benefits, the retirement program. Uh, I get paid every two weeks and I get to do what I love. So, but the best of both worlds is I still get to do what I love. Oh yeah. And I still get to play. Not as much as I would like to, but I still get to do it. Um, And I just really enjoy being able to engage with people. And I use it, to my advantage as a police chief now, we have a summer event every year in Morrow. And this is on YouTube. You can Google it. Uh, just put uh, police chief brings the funk or whatever it's right. called or police chief plays drums. And uh, you'll be able to pull up several videos. But um, I get up with a band that we hire and play one of the songs. Yeah. And I never practiced beforehand. They don't know who I am. We just get up there and jam. <laughs> and the, the citizens, when they hear that and see it for the first time, when I get off the drums and walk around the front of the stage, they were like, Man, you're cool. We had no idea. But it's, you're connecting with people on a different level. Definitely. You're, you're humanizing things with them. And that's what, really, that's what I'm about. Yeah. You know, I don't take myself very seriously. Mm-hmm. I'm all about command structure. I'm all about respect. I'm all about professionalism, how it looks. But at the same time, we can have a, a fun place to work. Yeah. I can kid with you. You can kid with me. And I can be real with yeah. the citizens.
0: Yeah. And I think that's thats the hallmark of any successful law enforcement department either police sheriff's office is that that humanization and when when deputies officers have that kind of connection where it's like i'm just you know if you're shooting basketball you're playing guitar whatever mm-hmm. you're doing right. you're connecting with them in a in that kind of level that you know otherwise it, you they're so they're so separate you right. know getting out of the cars talking to people instead of just I and mean, you're just breaking down those walls and i think that mm-hmm. every successful department i think they they adhere to that kind of strategy so that
1: Sounds right, cool. what I encourage my you know my own employees to do whatever your passion is you know outside of work to pursue that, but find a niche within law enforcement you know if it's if it 's working crashes yeah i 'll send you to schools let 's go if you like canine you know let 's look at doing that motors let 's look at doing that you know i'm I want people to be happy with their careers, and that 's one thing i 'll do is i 'll sit down with every single employee and just sit down and chat face to face with them what what they want to do yeah and try to make you know steps so they can have a a career path to get that intermediate certification to get that advanced certification and hopefully eventually work with the the county board of commissioners to have incentives for the intermediate for the advanced have an incentive for a college degree yeah if they if they possess one or if they want to go back and get one and if they want to go back and get one can we offer tuition reimbursement sure and how much does that cost can we absorb that if we can't, I understand the county commission sets the budget, but these are ideas i want to bring to the county yeah. commission and, and ideas to the table.
0: Well, one and you just mentioned it in terms of incentives, things like that. One of the things we've kind of noticed down here is we we have a relatively strict hiring process, I think, from my outside view looking in, and we just don't take anyone off the street. They're vetted. But as soon as they are trained, brought up, you know, the whole bit, we're – tend to have a problem with retention right Mm -hmm, now mm -hmm. Uh, we might be losing people to maybe the gsp or maybe to other agencies that might be paying better greater benefits any thoughts on strategies regarding retention
1: sure now i'm dealing with the same thing where i work now Uh, it's it's an issue all over the place and brookhaven just really messed it up for us bad i've heard about Uh, brookhaven (laughs) god bless him (laughs) if uh chief Yandere, if you're listening to this thanks so brookhaven just up their starting pay to forty eight thousand five hundred. right and I've always been one. To, I wanted the goal. My goal has been, I wanted to see a starting pay for police at 50. Yeah. I wanted to see it at 50. Uh, and with a scale for more experience, but Brookhaven knocked out of the park. So 48, five up to 71,000 based on experience and training and sure. education, and yeah. things like that. Uh, with a take home car, 2000 retention bonus for 26 months of service. So, you know, things are going to have to be talked about. Things are going to have to be floated to the County commission. Um, is it, that we up across the board the scale completely because uh, i know they just did that yeah. recently here and it's it's they've just now gotten up to par where a lot of metro atlanta is and, but it's hard once once you get to that point then you have to go ask for more it's difficult to do that i'm not afraid to do that yeah but it's something that's going to have to be talked about is it do we do a, a, a five thousand dollar sign-on bonus or is it do we do a $5,000 retention bonus after 24 months or twenty six or 36 months? If you can show people how much it costs on paper to hire a deputy, put them in a uniform, put them in a vest, get them out there, get them trained, you're going to actually save money in the long run uh, because you have to also figure in the time it takes for those supervisors, that FTO that's training him, also the hiring person that's doing the background investigation, all that together combined is your total cost, which can be easily ten thousand oh, dollars, just for one person at least? Sure, yeah. So yeah, things need to be looked at about retention. Uh, things need to be looked at about overall, uh, you know, benefits and, and things of that nature. We just actually upped our benefit program at the city. Uh, our pension plan now we get a uh, no penalty at fifty-five years old, and we get a full three percent per year. So they go they go at ninety yeah. percent where I work where now. And I'm not saying that we can do that here, uh, but there's some things that. that I would like to look at. I'm outside the box kind of thinker. Uh, I, I talk to all kinds of people, so I'm open to discussion. Yeah. And, and what is best in the long road for the deputy? Because my heart is with the deputy, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, it's not for me. It's, this is not, I'm not running for sheriff because Jimmy Callaway is the best and the best and the brightest and all this and that. I want to give back to this community and I want to be there for these young deputies and fight crime and be that, that sheepdog that is standing at the gate of all areas of this county where the criminal will be afraid to come in this county.
0: Absolutely. I think that's what everybody wants. All
1: right. All right. Well, Jim, thank you again. Jim. Thank
0: you. Appreciate your time. Yes, sir. All right. Well, there you have it, our interview with Jimmy Calloway. And we're looking forward to upcoming interviews with all the other candidates. And if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and be sure to visit our sponsor, Ace Beer Growlers, your one-stop shop for rockwood lump charcoal, cast iron skillets from Smithy Ironware, along with a variety of beers, wines, rubs, and cigars. Mention promo code podcast and get 10% off any item in the store. You can visit their location on West Court Square right next to Piedmont Noonan Gym. I'm Clay Neely, and thank you again for listening. Hope to catch you next time.